Good day. My name is Lori Ann Curtis and welcome to Tea Time with LA. This is the inaugural edition of this new video podcast. And I hope that you and I can become good friends. Uh, a little backstory is to the whole reason of why in the first place am I doing a video podcast. A little over a year ago, I had it in my heart to do a podcast and I wanted it to be about, you know, those situations, those times in life where, you know, we're just really struggling. And, you know, one of the ideas was that we just sit down and we have a chat about things. And um, so, but like many other things in the year of 2020, that did not happen. And we, um, we moved to a different state completely. And, um, my husband got a different job. I got a different job. A lot of things happened. So anyway, here we are. And it is the end of November in 2020. The year is coming up to a close and we are starting new. And so what is Tea Time with LA? Well, when I was uh, growing up in my household, it was quite traditional to sit down and have tea at uh, after school time, usually in the middle of the afternoon. And I grew up in an English style household. And when I would come home, my mom would have a pot of tea ready. She'd have a snack, sandwiches, cookies, crackers, whatever it may be. And we would sit there at the kitchen table and we would talk about the day. What, uh, what, what things we could celebrate together, what hardships maybe we were going through. And it was just a really nice time. And that grew into, um, as I continued to grow older and our family pattern changed, it grew into just a time where my mom and I would sit and we would have a cup of tea and we would just talk about what was going on. And so tea is just a very important part of my life. Um, I enjoy drinking it, but I enjoy sitting and having it with somebody and sharing my heart or listening to a friend and what's going on in their heart. So that is how Tea Time with LA was born. LA is for Lorianne. That's my name. And um, years and years ago, people just uh, kind of started calling me LA because I would say, my name is Lorianne. And they would go, Gloria, Lorianne, Lorraine. And I would say, no, Lorianne, like LA, Lorianne. So that is how LA became born. And I just thought it's a fun way to say my name. So it's my nickname and you all get to be part of that. So here we are, the first episode of Tea Time with LA. I've got my oolong tea here and in the studio here at Redemption Studios Northwest, which is no longer located in the Northwest. We're in the Midwest. Um, but today I wanted to just to jump in to um, the tea. So I guess it's not that new of a saying. I thought this saying was like, probably just like a couple of years old, like that's the tea, you know, it's like a dish, you know, scoop out some gossip or this is the information that I want to share with you or the truth as some people say. So anyway, so the tea, I thought it was this new <laughs> saying, but in reality, it's been around for years. I'm just not that with it. So anyway, let's get down to the tea. 
So today, I just wanted to talk with you guys about 2020, about what we've been going through. Um, Just a little backstory, more backstory for my family. Um, 2020 started out harmless enough. We got through the first couple months. We had some illness, and now we know that my dad had had likely had COVID back in late December, early January. And uh, we were kind of just plugging along. He was starting to get a little better um, the end of February, March. And um, on March 6th, we got a phone call that my cousin Megan had been killed in an automobile accident up in Abbotsford, Canada. And Megan was my goddaughter. And also my dad's goddaughter. And uh, she was 20 years old and very full of life, charismatic young woman who um, didn't have a lot of fear as, as far as adventure goes and chasing her dreams. So that was some of the great things about Megan. But she passed away suddenly on March 6th. And then on March 13th, my mother was driving home from Canada after going up to help my aunt and um, her family just kind of process and plan for Megan's memorial at the time we thought was her memorial. And when she came home, she found my father passed away on March 13th. And that was the big event that set off a lot of grief in our family, those two events. And then within the week, uh, my husband's employer was doing a reduction in force and a reorganization, and it was either uh, take a different job or take a promotion and move out of state. So we moved to Illinois, where we have landed. And so that is where we're at here. The last seven months have been hard. And I think I am not alone in saying that the last 11 months have, or sorry, seven months have been very difficult for most people. We've had a lot of people lose their jobs. People have died. People have uh, lost relationships, become depressed and That breaks my heart. I know what depression is like. I've been battling it myself over the last seven months, but some things have helped me immensely get through my grief. And I don't want to say get over my grief, but get through my grief. And I don't think enough of us are processing this year as a loss. And so we're dealing with these emotions and these feelings of loss. But we're not, um, you know, we're not treating it as a loss. And with loss comes grief. And um, so I think that we first need to identify that we are grieving this year. This year's been very hard. But if you don't know this about me, I'm going to share it with you right now. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I am a Christian. And I believe that his scripture is the absolute truth. And it has so much for us today because it is a living piece of literature. This book, the Bible, 
from beginning to end has so much richness in it that we can't even fully get our heads around it the first time we read it. It takes years and years and years and reading it things over and over and over again for us to get that enlightenment, that revelation. And it can be something new each time we read it because it is a living piece of uh, literature. So what I wanted to spill the tea on today was Psalm 23. And I'm going to read the entire scripture to you out of the ESV, the English Standard Version. And then we'll kind of dive in a little bit. It's a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. I just love that verse. It is probably one of the first um, passages of scripture that I learned to memorize as a small child. And it's just, um, there's so much, so much in it. And so we're going to break this down and hopefully to bring some encouragement and some peace to your life as you're watching or listening today. So let's break down the first two, um, the verses of this chapter. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. The first thing is that first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Here he's saying that the Lord, he is our provider and that he wants us to be secure and confident in our environment, where, wherever that may be. He wants us to be secure and confident and that our needs are known to him and he cares deeply for us and for those needs. I just think that, let that sit in for just a minute, that he wants us to be secure and confident and that our needs are known to him and he cares deeply for us. Wow. The second part, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. He desires for us to be content and at peace no matter the circumstance. That is not an easy thing to do, to be at peace, no matter the circumstance. But what he knows about us as humans, because he created us, is that we have everything that we need to gain peace, no matter the circumstance. We just have to take the steps necessary to achieve that peace. And what that looks like a lot of times is letting that peace come from him. And we're going to get there. We're going to keep going. In verse three, it says, he restores my soul and he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. 
So not only does God provide for every need in his own unique and very special way, he gives back to us what has been taken from us, whether that be joy, peace, love in our heart, how whatever whatever contentment that has been taken from us, he not only gives it back, but he does it abundantly. And then after he gives it back, after he restores your soul, he guides us into the right way. (laughs) I just think that's so amazing. Not only does he give back and do it abundantly, but he then says, okay, I'm going to not only give you what was taken with it, so that's, let's say it's your peace. I'm not only going to give you back your peace, but now I'm going to lead you in a path of peace, right? Because it's the right thing. It's the right thing. Righteousness, right thing. So it guides us into the right way. And if we lean in and put all of our faith, our trust in God, For his glory, he makes it right. But if we don't trust him, if we don't put our faith in him, then he's going to be God. He's never not going to be God, but we're then taking that step back, right? In verse 4, he goes on to say this in the Psalm of David, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This is my favorite chunk of this book right now, this chapter. And it is, this is a big one. Um, And it's so pertinent to the last seven months of my life. It doesn't say, even though I live in the valley of the shadow of death, or even though I dwell in the shadow of death, or even though I stay in the valley of the shadow of death, or even if I die, in the valley of the shadow of death. No, it says, even though I walk through the valley. Through. We need to take a moment and remember that in this fallen world, that there is pain. There is loss of hope. There is loss. There's death. And even in the midst of all these terrible, terrible things, he says that we do not have to be afraid. Wow. I don't know about you, but there have been so many times in the last seven months when fear has crept up its ugly head and has said to me, LA, you know what? You know, you're you're making a bad choice by walking away from this or you're you're going to be stuck in this depression for a long time. And I turned to this word and said, you know what? I'm not living in this valley. I'm walking through it and I don't have to be afraid of anything because my God is constantly with me. And when I look at it, we're the ones that walk away from God, from him, because his word says he will never leave us or forsake us. And here it says that his rod and his staff comfort me. What does rod and staff mean here? 
So to me, the rod and the staff, and if you don't agree, that's fine. But I think you'll find that the rod and the staff stand for the discipline and comfort of God, the discipline of his word, diving in, reading, meditating, getting life from his words, and that the comfort of the Holy Spirit that he freely gave to us through the act of his cross and his and the gospel of salvation, he gave us his Holy Spirit to comfort us, to be with us, to serve as a reminder that he's coming again, that we are not stuck here in this worldly realm forever. Let's move on to verse five. This is beautiful. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup, it overflows. Mm, Good tea. So here we are in the midst of this battle. Imagine a war, like go to, you know, some World War II event in your brain, some movie or uh, book that you've read, and imagine that a war is raging around you. I mean, there's just, there's bullets and mortars and everything just flying by you. And (laughs) in modern day warfare, even... So back in World War II era, Korea, Vietnam, whatever it may be today, I can assure you that any field commander would never build camp or set up a kitchen canteen in the middle of the war zone. Okay, they're not going to do it because that's a dangerous spot to be in. And here in the scripture, God's saying he David's saying that God prepares a table before us. Not only does God prepare this table, but it's in the presence of mine enemies. And I really had to understand warfare in battle to understand the scripture because a commander would never build camp in the middle of a battle. But here God is preparing a beautiful feast on this beautiful table. And he says, Forget about the enemy. There's what enemy? There's no enemy here. <laughs> but he's 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 not saying that there is no enemy. Uh, let, let's back that up a little bit. He's saying, don't worry about the enemy. Ignore him. Eat. Eat from this abundant banquet table. Not just eat, but eat the best, most abundant, blessed feast you've ever had. (coughs) (coughs) I can tell you that in real warfare, not just spiritual warfare, but in actual warfare, the field commander is not going to say that we're going to sit in the middle of the enemy's camp, eat the best meal we've ever had. No, We're going to get a tent canteen behind the lines with an MRE, which is a meal ready to eat. And they are, eh, they can be good. They can be awful. But I can assure you, they are not a delicacy or a feast by any means. (laughs) But here God's saying, you're in this valley. And this valley is called the shadow of death. 
And in the middle of this valley, your enemies are surrounding you on every side. But the Lord is saying, I've got you. Come and sit at my table and eat. Eat the bread of life. Eat. I am so in awe of God's kindness for us and how it's coming alive through the Psalm of David here. Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. To sum this chapter up, we are promised, surely, we're promised as to exclaim, how could it be any other way? The goodness of God will be anointed on my life forever. <laughs> and not only that, that God's mercy, mercy will follow me. Webster defines mercy as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. I learned mercy to mean to withhold judgment simplistically. So here he's saying, yeah, how else could it be that God's goodness and his mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life. And here, follow doesn't mean to kind of walk behind casually like a little puppy dog, kind of fumbling over its little ears and paws. No. Here, to follow means pursue, an intentional pursuit. So it's saying, of course, the goodness and mercy of God is going to pursue you all the days of your life. What? What? The goodness and mercy of God are going to chase me down every day of my life? So if we back up and go back to where I said, we're the ones that walk away. This is case in point because he says, surely my goodness and my mercy are going to follow you every day. Surely, of course, it's a promise. <laughs> that is so amazing. And so it's not like any other pursuit because it's a promise of God's pursuit. And it's then finally the promise to dwell in his house forever. I don't know about you, but I like my house. I have a, I've been blessed with a really beautiful home. But it's nothing compared to the house of the Lord. <laughs> Whether we're talking about heaven or we're talking about living in the presence, dwelling in the presence of God, the house of the Lord. This for sure has been a hard year. It has been a valley of the shadow of death. There is not one person, I think, that has not been touched by hardship of some sort on some scale 
that I know well. Probably even you. And this beautiful psalm of David, one who knew rebellion, fear, and sin, was a man after God's own heart. And he declared that the goodness of God was real and pursuing him. This is a season where we need to hold fast to the promises of God. Because sometimes that's all we may have is the promise of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. It's hard to express with authenticity right now the the depth of which this scripture just gets to my heart. I want each and every one of us to understand just how loved and how cherished and how wanted we are by God and that he has made a way for us. I was talking to my mom and I hope she forgives me for talking to her about her without her permission first, but she's my mom and so she's mine. Anyway, I love you, mom. But she um, has had probably one of the most difficult years of her life. And my mom, uh, we will have her on at some point so you can meet my wonderful mother and hear some of the amazing stories and things that God has shown and pulled her through in her life. But this year has been one of the hardest. And my mom is about as solid as a believer I know. She has exemplified Christ to me from the day I was born. She has raised me up in him. And I owe a lot of who I am to her. And we were talking about grief and we were talking about depression and we were talking about God's word. And, you know, she said something that really struck me and she said, and I'll just sum sum it up just to paraphrase quickly. But she said, you know, if one more person tells me to trust God or to pray to get through this depression, I'm going to strangle them. And I think that we've all been there sometime in our life when we've just been going through it and somebody keeps saying to you, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Because in that moment of uncertainty and pain, that's what we know, the uncertainty and pain. And his scripture is so gracious. It says, you know, that there's a time to mourn. And a time to laugh, a time to cry, a time to live, a time to die. And that implies to me that there's definitely a time to be sad and to mourn and to, to grieve through the process. And we need to allow ourselves to feel those things. But when we are allowing ourselves to feel, because God didn't create us to be emotionless and not non-feeling humans. He created these emotions that we feel. But it's when we 
let them linger too long, that that hold comes in. And this beautiful Psalm of David, (laughs) this beautiful, beautiful, simple Psalm of David says that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Thank you so much for joining this uh, pilot episode. I hope that you will continue to watch and listen to Tea Time with LA. Stay tuned for the next episode, which is going to be on Proverbs 3 um, in trust. It's called the trust fall. Stay tuned for the next episode. That's the tea. Thanks for joining me with Tea Time with LA. We'll see you next time.